everyone. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Mr. McCorkin. Hey, John. What, Mr. Wellborn, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Fantastic. Well, we have another episode of Power Athlete Radio, so let's get right into it. We got some questions to answer. We do. Coming from the hotline. That's right. And all about training today, our bread and butter. And should we just get down to business? Dude, let's just jam it in there. (laughs) Okay. You know, just jam it in there. All right. This caller is coming out from the shadows. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God there was that beep. I almost fell asleep. So uh, I'm a long-time listener. Uh, zero-time contributor and uh, uh, even longer-time uh, trainer. So, big question. We got the shadow thing coming up on Jack Street. Looks awesome. Uh, big big fan of both those guys. Uh, my name's Spud, by the way. So, question. I was doing my rack pulls right before my shadow set. I did my last prep set, and my shadow set, I was looking to hit 12. I did 10 of my prep set at 4.05. My shadow set was 425. My shadow set, uh, I only got three. What the hell did I do wrong? Can you help me warm up? Thank you. Well, thanks, Spud, for calling in with that question. Thanks, Spud. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of questions to unpack within that oh, one. Oh, we're going to unpack some stuff today, huh? Yes. Okay. I would like to start with, he name-dropped those guys. Yeah, so um, I'll give a little background. We have our uh, straight-up hypertrophy bodybuilding um, you know, to quote Zach Evanish, old school uh, bodybuilding program called Jack Street, which is by far one of our most successful teams on Train Heroic. Um, it usually involves something that I'm working on and more importantly, things that we're testing. Uh, if your goal is to pack on as much muscle as humanly possible, um, sans perform- performance enhancing drugs, Jack Street is by far, uh, I think, the most potent program I've seen. Uh, as I was designing this next cycle, um, I went back and I started looking at some of my old training logs from a bunch of years ago. Um, and there was always a one max rep set. So, uh, Mike Metzner, um, you know, if you guys are familiar with that name, you can go and Google him, had one of the most impressive physiques trained with Arnold and, uh, Metzner had this idea that, you know, the body was a lot like dynamite. You just, you got to hit it hard, you know, one time. Uh, to get a big explosion. And so he did like one set to failure. They would warm up and then just one ball to the wall set. Dorian Yates came along. And those of you guys that have seen, you know, Yates's blood and guts, if you have it, go see it. And, uh, you know, Yates used the same deal. And I saw an interesting comment once. Uh, this is years ago. They asked him like, hey, Arnold and these guys did these three-hour training marathon sessions. Why did you not feel that you needed to train like that? And he said, they use lifting weights to get in shape. I'm using lifting weights to put on muscle. And then he used a bunch of, you know, aerobic conditioning to stay in shape. So with that said, uh, if you go see blood and guts, you'll see the, you know, Yates handles some insane poundages, like, you know, 585 pounds for bent over rows. I mean, dude's just an absolute savage training in this like little dungeon of a gym in, uh, in the UK. So as I was designing this next training cycle, I named it the shadow because monsters lurk in the shadows. And that's what we're looking to create. We're looking to create some monsters. Um, but the two-week acclimation phase that the program is starting out with is designed to do exactly what Spud is asking about. I'm giving uh, a 10-rep set and then a second set 
that is max reps. So um, it's not like you just walk in the gym, pick up a weight and do it for max reps. No. There's a whole bunch of warm up in there. So like for example, on his rack pulls, he probably should have done 135 for 10, 225 for eight to 10, you know, 315 for six to seven reps, and then pyramid it up 365 for, you know, four or five. So we're getting all this volume on the front side. And then he's gonna hit his heavy 10, he pulls 405. Uh, the problem that he ran into is he totally shot his wad. He went all out and probably on his 10, on his 10, the 10 was way too heavy. And, uh, you know, so then he, he's able to get 10 and I don't know how easy it was if he was struggling or straining, then he throws on straps, throws on another 20 pounds and all of a sudden he gets three. So that's a, a good learning experience because then he's going to do, or he's going to understand the next time this comes up that is it better for him to try to do 425 for a triple or maybe handle 405 again for his max reps. So he should have done 405 for 10, rested three to five minutes when he felt ready, go 405 again, and then see how many rep, max reps he can get. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting as I was going through the first week of shadow, um, just the first couple of days, uh, it was pretty interesting how people were like hitting their 10, uh, you know, on like a back squat, for example, and then using the same weight and coming back and getting like 14, 15, 16 reps. Uh-huh. So um, all that shows them is that if they're able to get more reps at that 10, you know, then they probably just got to add more weight and they just got to be a little smarter with how they get up. But the reason I've designed it with this acclimation phase is there's a lot of teaching to help people kind of auto-regulate and understand what numbers they need to hit. Yes, and that's that's the beauty of it. And what I liked is video. We're getting tagged in videos, and we're not only seeing how they executed through the Train Heroic training programs, we're watching them move to say, hey, those are some quality reps, or hey, we can provide feedback as coaches. Go a little bit, you get a little bit heavy more. Yeah, the other issue, when you're training to failure, um, there's a couple things you need. One, you need some training partners, ideally, to really, really go to failure. If you're training by yourself in the garage gym, uh, hopefully you got some bumper plates and you can ditch and get out from underneath a, a back squat. But it's difficult to really, really go to failure, especially on a back squat, uh, unless you got some good training partners. And if you don't, get some bumper plates and just worry about saving your own life. Um, a lot of the movements that uh, a lot of bodybuilders, especially Yates, would use for max reps or max sets to failure, or sorry, max reps to failure, were done with machines. So, I mean, RDLs uh, were done with a barbell, but you can drop those pretty easy. But like, uh, you know, heavy inclined chest press, legs or uh, a leg press and a bunch of other machines because they can really go to failure and hammer the muscle when you start using machines like that. So it's kind of a different stimulus. I mean, most people that are following Jack Street in our training programs are doing so in, you know, a garage gym setting, some, you know, some situation where, uh, you know, they ordered a bunch of equipment. It's in the garage. A lot of people are training in CrossFit gyms or, you know, local boxes and, uh, you know, a select few are probably training actually in global gyms. Oh, this, this, I'm having flashbacks to the first 22 Jack Street cycle. And that was my first bodybuilding experience. And as it was written, we had to join the Globo Gym. And you've told us many stories of the 12 and those interesting experiences of watching the trainers go. But then when we saw Jack Street come to life through Train Heroic, our target demographic, the garage gym solo trainer, and we saw this metamorphosis of bodybuilding for the garage gym. And that was, I mean, that could have been the first one, the program style like that, at least that I've seen. Yeah. Um you know, there's an interesting, I guess you could say balance. Um, I believe that to really build a powerful physique, you got to be able to lift free weights. 
Um, but when it comes down to just being able to drive as much, you know, damage and uh, just trauma into it in, into a muscle, um, there are machines that can do that really well, especially with force reps and bands. And that's why you see a lot of these guys, like uh, you know, pro bodybuilders, will you know use Smith machines. And people are like, I can't believe they're using a Smith machine on the squat. Well, they're not necessarily worried about stability. All they're looking to do is get into position that they can just hammer that muscle into uh, uh, into oblivion. Now, take us to inside the athlete. What are these bodybuilders thinking about? Because you've trained with professional bodybuilders. Yep. What are they thinking about when going to failure, whether it's free weight or a machine? Well, you have to remember bodybuilding is not weightlifting. So, um, you know, those guys... Good one-liner. Yeah, I mean, those guys aren't standing on stage... Uh, you know, having to do a one-arm bench press before they get up and then pose. I mean, they're trying to put together the most impressive physique they can. It just so happens that heavy poundages usually result in the most dense appearing muscle. But uh, a big part of that comes down to can they diet, can they get as lean as possible to be able to show everything off and have a balanced physique. Um, I think for the guys that I saw that were really, really pretty impressive, they handled, you know, some, you know, a ton of heavy poundages. Uh, in their compound movements and then used a ton of accessory movements with machines and other ways to attack it. And they were constantly looking for different variations. It was interesting. Uh, I used to train with these, um, these two pros when I was in high school at Gold's Gym. And these dudes must have had a hundred different ways to attack rear delts. It was, uh, it was hilarious. Like they'd show up and they're like, hey, we got a new variation. I mean, just the creativity and variations. I don't know if they were all different or how it necessarily uh, worked, but they thought that, you know, these different variations of different rows and flies and position up and down here, here. I mean, they had a million different variations for stuff. So I think all too often in the strength game, you know, uh, we just, hey, this is the variation or this is how it's done and we don't necessarily think on variations. Like the other day we had, um, I say it was in Grindstone, I had the uh, bilateral heel elevated back squats and this guy you know, asked the question, you know, why are we doing these? And I'm like, more challenging variation, was your squat better or worse? You know, and uh, being able to throw enough variation at people to where it's interesting and continues to drive adaptation is always the, the interesting trick in the balancing act with all these programs. Oh, big time. And coordination. It's almost a test for us when we introduce new variations of a movement. How is our program working? Because if we're doing it properly and reverse engineering from the definition of athleticism for many of these programs and goals, if we can throw new variations, if they're executing them well, we're doing our job. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, there's so many variables and so many things to tweak. Uh, one of the guys on Hammer Cell, um, you know, all of his sprints, I mean, all of his like, you know, hundreds, 150s, 200s, I mean, he's PRing all of his sprint work. Uh, and he said his squat's getting weaker. And my thing is like, what do you need? Do you need a stronger squat or is, or is it more important to be fast? So I think there's a, an interesting balancing act. And for a guy like him, if he can't recover with the sprint volume, we probably just have to cut the sprint volume and then see if that affects his back squat. So this is another interesting challenge with our programs is we're writing these customized generalist programs, which is kind of an oxymoron in a lot of ways, but we're writing these super in-depth team training programs for a very targeted audience of a very real demographic. And they're kind of generalists in a lot of ways in that even though we have a window into the training through Instagram, you know, and the, the team feeds on the different programs on Train Heroic, um, you know, all the comments and everything, and even friends of ours that are doing the program, we can get uh, a, like a deep glimpse into uh, how it's all progressing. But the issue comes down to we're not seeing these people train daily. It's not like 
we have you know the thousand plus people following Jack Street show up here to Power Athlete, and we mm-hmm. and, and they're banging weights with us, and you know all of a sudden you know hey your, your squat's not good why well you know you are uh, you know having issues within your hips You're like like there's a million different things that we can assess in real time, but if we're not in that training environment when it's happening, it becomes very difficult. Mm-hmm. But that becomes the the power of your knowledge and experience because we're reverse engineering from specific goals and taking advanced training techniques from powerful guys like Metzer and and Yates, but then knowing your audience. So tweaking it so they can apply it for their specific situation, which a lot of folks is training solo. Well, the other one is uh, I think a lot of people, and especially when you start training with people, and I saw this when, um, you know, when I was in the NFL and obviously after my NFL, when we were, you know, at CrossFit Balboa, uh, even a power athlete, a lot of people had never really ever trained to failure. Ooh, yeah. So that that was a huge one. We'd get underneath and be like, hey, we're going to do max reps. And all of a sudden they put the weight away. I'm like, I think you had a few more in you, you know. Uh, I remember we did a, a linear progression to 20 rep squats. So my goal was to get uh, 405 for 20 reps. So we started at 315, we added 10, and it was just like every week, like one day a week, that's all it was. It was just this going for this max rep, 20 rep set, or sorry, max weight, 20 rep set. So we would do this linear progression of 20 rep sets. We started at 315, added 10, and then it was like 325, 335. I get up to like 405, and I basically hadn't missed a rep up until I got to 405. I got to 18, and I'm pretty sure I blacked out on the way down because I fell forward, and the weight went into the stands. And uh, Who was your spotter, Nate? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know who was with me. But it was uh, it, it was one of those things where somehow I survived it, and we, you know we had bumper plates. I was pretty good at getting rid of the weight, but I definitely remember like that was a legitimate twenty rep set. Now it would have been nice if I had spotters because then they probably could have done a couple force reps, but I mean, it just becomes too difficult with doing a back squat. Mm-hmm. But you drove some adaptation, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's let's expand on shadow. We have two week uh, accumulation phase. Then what can we anticipate as a Jack Street user? Um, this first two weeks is going to hopefully teach people enough about themselves to when they get to the actual program, they'll understand what that final rep set is. So I'll, I'll, I'll shoot out and say, hey, this is how many reps I want you to get. This is, this is what my warm-up will look like. And then be able to get them in. And then what will happen uh, after they get to that piece and we actually really hit two re- uh, like true max rep sets, then we'll start getting into like some rest pauses. We'll get into some drop sets and we'll start getting more and more creative. But that only works is if we can really just take that hammer and hit it as hard as we can. So I think, um, you know, we've talked about this for years. Uh, it's easier to recover from intensity than it is for volume. And whenever you think about volume and whenever you think about a lot of training, it's just more, more, more. Mm-hmm. You know, look at all these programs. It's just more. People just stack it on like a Christmas tree. You just keep hanging ornaments. And to be able to kind of take it back a step and be able to focus on intensity is going to be kind of nice. And I'm interested to see what the gains people make are. Well, for our listeners that haven't been enveloped in the Power Athlete methodology where we have a specific approach and definition to intensity, how would you prepare that? Is it the emotional intensity after a 40 minute amorap? Oh. <laughs> well, when, when, uh, when we talk about intensity, we talk about percentage of one RM, you know, like how, like, like what's the heaviest weight I can handle. You know, to me, if I'm going to do, you know, a 10 rep set and it's somewhere at, 
you know, 85, 87 and a half percent, 90 percent. That's pretty impressive to me. And I think a lot of people aren't used to getting outside that comfort zone. So I'm excited to throw this training at them just because we've, you know, historically for the last couple cycles on Jack Street, there's been a ton of volume. It's mm-hmm. been like a ton of volume. I mean, obviously we have our compound movements. It's like two or three different um, bouts of accessory. So to actually come in and have some stuff like this is going to be pretty exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to see the gains people make. Oh, yeah. And testing that volume. So now they put on the, the structure. We get that opportunity to coordinate it and present them the opportunity to really dial it in and express their strength. All right, so the shadow, powerathletehq.com forward slash Jack Street. Just slash Jack Street. Just slash. Yeah, and uh, if you guys are listening to this and you want to jump into the shadow, do it. Yeah, seven-day free trial, then immerse yourself in the community, say hello, throw up some lifting videos, and then be sure to tag us. Sounds good. See you over there. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!